Hello, friends. Maestro here, bringing you episode 425 of Maestro on the Mic, doing it Monday, mini style. In today's episode, we're going over practical pricing strategies for online business. Now, you already know something inspired this episode, something got me feeling some kind of way, and I want to chat about that. But I will, of course, always provide solutions, not just problems and complaining. All this and more, but first, hey, DJ. Give me that heartbeat. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestro Three, two, one. Hello, 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 my podcast people, and thank you for joining me for yet another episode of my favorite podcast. If you're watching, then... I think it's still called the podcast, still haven't figured out what the right name is, but either way, grateful for each and every one of you. So today we're talking about practical pricing strategies for online business. And of course, you know, this was inspired by something and that I'm feeling some kind of way and... I want to chat about it. So we got Black Friday coming up. We got Cyber Monday coming up, all the sales. I actually just did a presentation about this, about selling and pricing. Uh, I've been getting some questions from clients, and I just felt like it would be a good time to talk about this. One of the things that I think we're all experiencing, and it's undeniable, is that things are just too damn expensive right now. Like, We've known that school is too expensive. We kind of just like accepted it. And like, for me, yes, I have student loan debt. I still do. And I've already, I already have it. So I can't like, you know, go back in time. So being salty about it and just fix, fixating and focusing on it doesn't change anything. But do I wish this on other people? No. And do I have discussions about like, you know, fixing the system and that it needs to start there, that school needs to not be so expensive for sure. And we're seeing this across the board now, just being alive is too expensive. Bread, milk, eggs, all those things that we hear about, you know, it's too expensive. And what I see in the online space and, you know, from online business owners and uh, marketers and things like that is just, I, I want to say it, price gouging. Like there's just no limit to these things. And quite frankly, the the pricing, it just comes out of nowhere, right? It just, people just pull it out of their ass. There's no, it's not tied to anything uh, specifically. In addition to that, all of the pricing and marketing tactics and strategies that we're taught, they come from a broken game, right? We are learning how to win a broken game. And I'm not sure if enough of us stop and say, do I actually want to play this game? Yes, I can use these strategies. I can take these strategies, but do I want to win that game? So one of the first times I thought about this was um, reading, what was it called? The book, I think it's called Wolf of Wall Street, right? It's based on the movie Wolf of Wall Street. And there are some interesting things, some helpful things in there, but to just take everything at face value means that we accept the game that this is trying to teach us how to win. And I find that inherently problematic. I'm seeing stuff on social media, and quite frankly, part of the reasons that I'm, if you're watching this, you see me just scratching my face right now, just rubbing my eyes, because I'm just like, 
you know, the Instagram of days before are, is gone and it's not fun to be on there anymore. And everyone's selling something all the time. And if you're listening to this and you have a business and I don't want you to feel some kind of way and start feeling bad because I'm saying that people are selling stuff, but it's the truth. People feel, it feels like people are always selling something. And some of the stuff that I see being sold, some of the ways that I see things being sold, I don't like it and the pricing around it. And so often when people are leading with this discussion, you know, online business coaches are leading this, this discussion of raise your prices, raise your prices, raise your prices. I am not certain that their, you know, impetus, their desire for you to do this comes from a good place. Oftentimes it feels like they want to encourage people to raise their prices so that they can sell something expensive and not feel so bad about it because they're like, well, everyone's doing it. And the reality is, folks, the limit does exist. Endless abundance is not real. It's a myth. And I was just at, you know, um, Alison Tenney's Ignited Women Summit, uh, no, Ignited Leadership Summit, excuse me if you change the name. And one of the speakers there spoke about this and this concept of, yeah, on the one end, we talk about scarcity and we, of course, see business coaches talking about that and kind of using it and, and weaponizing it. And on the other side of that is endless abundance. That's fake as well. The limit does exist. It's not sustainable to just have more, 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 and more. The big question that I want you to ask yourself, and I think all the things that I do and all the marketing and coaching and stuff that I do, it comes back to this, is what is your enough? And in this episode, we're talking specifically or more specifically about pricing and money, but we can look at this and should look at this in general. But for today's episode, let's think about it in terms of money, in terms of income, in terms of revenue. What is your enough? Are you salty, perhaps, because others are getting more? And I see this kind of creep in where they're like, well, other people are charging more. And it's like, well, do you need to? Or are you just like, well, they can charge more so then I should charge more. Like, I'm not getting my fair share. Like, is that creeping in or, you know, have we divorced ourselves from that and put the blinders on and been like, this is what I need. This is what I want. This is what I feel is fair. And I'm going to go with that. It is okay to be okay with what you charge. I have a good friend, talk to her quite often about this stuff. And I know she gets some, some heat from other people being like, you should charge more. And she's just like, I don't, I don't want to. And I remember being in a place like that where feeling like I should charge more. Other people are saying stuff about that. And we kind of come up with these ways of justifying our prices instead of just being like, this is what I want to charge, right? So a story that I told myself for a while was that if I raise the prices, I'm going to price out the people who I actually want to work with, which can be true to a certain degree. I'm not saying that. This is the both and of that can be true. And also you can just be okay with your prices because you're okay with them. You don't have to charge a zillion dollars for everything, even if other people are doing so. Again, a lot of that pricing psychology that exists, it comes from a broken model and teaches you how to win a broken game. Yes, if we like kind of go to the extremes, charging $1 for your services, one, like maybe you're not gonna be able to eat. And two, people may not value it because of, especially when it's like a physical product, they may not value it because they've been burned in the past. And we know like sometimes you pay things, pay less for things and pay like super, super less for things. Like then it doesn't work and it's, it's, you know, shitty and cheap, but there are exceptions to that rule. especially when there's a service being delivered, especially when people trust you and yes, when people pay, they pay attention, but there is wiggle room within that. And you're okay. It's okay. Right? You're allowed to, and it's okay to be okay charging what you charge. Spoiler alert, the thing that you and most people probably want the most is time. 
And money can be a vehicle, can be a resource to help you, you know, get back your time. But at some point, it's like diminishing returns, right? At some point, you don't, like, does Elon need that much money? Now he's just going off and ruining shit, right? So taking a moment and saying, what is my enough? What do I actually want? And if it's more time, yes, money can help with that. But at some point, you just become like, oh, I'm just charging more. I'm making more money, but I didn't get my time back. And we got to gotta look at that. Two things I want to bring up before I get into that kind of the strategy um, and the practical uh, parts of this is number one, ignore, I'm going to go with that word, ignore folks who say you should have charged more, you could have charged more, because those people probably wouldn't have paid more when you first charged it. They are saying this now having more or different data. They're on the other side of that outcome. So they see the value. They understand the value. They, they have a guarantee on that outcome because they already got it. It's kind of like when I had the discussion, people are asking, like, should I get my OCS? Should I go to PT school? I want to say, no, you don't have to go. But I am also very aware that I'm on the other side of that. And I have, you know, benefited from all the, the affordances, benefited from all the benefits of having that degree. So I think it's important to consider that when people say that, oh, you should have charged more, you could have charged more. They probably wouldn't have paid more because they didn't know that that's how dope the outcome was. So ignore that. But if you want to take something from it, then focus on your ability or focus on improving your ability to convey or guarantee that outcome that they achieved that then made them say, hey, yeah, I would pay more. Second thing that I want to get to that grinds my gears. When folks say you're leaving money on the table, or if you are concerned about leaving money on the table, guess what? It's on the table. You can go back and get it later. You can go back and get it later. People oftentimes use this as a, you know, a way to justify or way to encourage people to raise their prices. Oh, you leave money on the table. Or people will like not even take action because they're worried. Oh, I'm leaving money on the table. Guess what? It's on the table. You can go back and get it. So please don't use that as an excuse. Please don't say it to other people. It's fine. I just realized I did forget one point here as it relates to, uh, you should have raised your prices. You could have charged more. If you feel this way, the best way to encourage someone to raise their prices. So maybe right now I'm speaking to a coach um, or someone else, you know, in the space like this. The best way to help someone raise their prices, the best way to encourage someone to raise their prices is to pay them more. It's not to tell them. Try and convince them with your words. It's to actually open up your wallet and pay them more. I have done this. And so I'm not saying, you know, speaking from like theoretical, I've done this and this is why I believe this. Yeah, we all look a good deal and we're going to come back to that at the end. But if you are really in it to help someone and you want them to raise their prices or change their prices, pay them more. Okay, so let's hop on into uh, five steps that I like to think about or like to coach people through when it comes to setting your prices, right? So here's the practical pricing strategies for online business. Number one, do your homework. See what the market is holding, right? Do your research, ask around, creep on some websites and see what the range is. Yes, this does matter, especially for like a physical product or like an in-person service. Where you're at, matters. And I know that there are people out there that will be like, oh, you're not thinking, you know, abundantly enough, blah, 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 blah. but 
it, the limit does exist. And for me, I'm not trying to have to try and convince people and, you know, really bend over backwards to try and convince them of the value of this thing. Let it be easy. So see what the market is holding. It doesn't mean you need to be on the bottom of that, but just see what the, the market is holding so you have a starting point when you're looking to price your services. If, I was going to go on, but if you are in the online space, then what you're going to look at in terms of the homework is like people that are similar to you, people that are doing similar things. Because as, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking people are going to be like, oh, I did my research and like an online course can go from like $99 or like $29 to like $900 million. I get that. Try to figure out people that are in your exact space doing the exact thing that you're offering, the exact thing that you're doing, offering a similar service, right? If we're going B2C, business to consumer, that's going to be different than going B2B, business to business. If you're, whatever service that you're offering, product, course, whatever, helps people make more money, typically people are more willing to pay for that. And so the prices for those kinds of services are going to be different than those folks who are going B2C, business to consumer. And, you know, my world is physical therapy, helping people get out of pain, something like that. So just keep that in mind and look to compare completely, right? And compare yourself to other people in the space that you are in, providing a similar service to what you're providing. Step number two, do your math. Is there a certain amount of money that you need to make? Like, Yes, we want this to be a profitable business and be able to pay your expenses. This is also why it's great to not burn the ships. You all folks know I hate that burning the ships. Give yourself a safety net, right? So I have realized that some folks don't know what burning the ships means. And basically, it means that you've removed your, your out. There's no out. There's no safety net. This thing has to work. Don't do that when you're starting a business, when you're starting an online business. Give yourself a safety net. This way... The business doesn't have to work. You don't have to make a certain amount of money in order to keep the lights on and you know just pay your operating expenses. So the math here would be what are your operating expenses? What do you need to make to turn a profit? Step number three, based on this information, based on this data, pick a number that you feel comfortable starting with and start there. Pick a number, pick a price that you're like, I can confidently sell this. I believe in this. So for me, when I first started treating and had a you know, cash-based side hustle with physical therapy, I charged $60 for an hour and $40 for coaches because I was treating out of a CrossFit box. I felt comfortable with that number. I didn't have to like, you know, put on some kind of gross sales hat to do. I could just, it felt good and it was easy. Let it be easy. You can always raise your prices later and you likely will. I now charge for an hour $397. If I was still doing physical therapy, I would probably be in the 200 range, maybe 250, depending. I mean, I live in LA, so the market, you know, that is standard for here. And I would feel good about that. Uh, and people could actually get the service and they're not looking, you know, to come multiple times a week. It'd be four times total, something like that. So for me, I would feel good with that. And that is what I'm willing to pay as well. Uh, when I go and see my, my Cairo, I go and see Karen, it's between 200 and 300 dollars, something like that. And 100%, I'm okay with that. So you can always raise your prices later. Start at a point that feels good for you. Remember, like I said earlier, don't worry about that. You're leaving money on the table. Guess what? You can go back and get it later. Those people who you help, they'll pay a higher rate if you got them that outcome. They'll pay it later. And if they're like, no, I refuse to, cool, then you don't want to work with them because they're going to be paying your ass. Okay? Number four, speaking of changing your prices, change your prices when you get salty. When you're like, this is not worth it. I don't feel like I want to even deliver this service. I don't want to see this person. Like, I don't want to do this thing. It's time to raise your prices. 
And I, you folks, if you listen to my past episodes, you know that I'm all about kind of waiting until there's like that strong impetus for change. I'm using impetus a lot this episode. I think it's the second time, but it's top of mind. So waiting until you have that impetus for change, and then you will make that change. You will make that move. Step number five, if you're wanting to raise your prices, but you're hesitant, I have found that typically that hesitation comes from uncertainty as to whether or not you can deliver on that new price point, right? And it can be difficult to kind of value your services because sometimes you're like, well, I wouldn't pay for that because you do that thing. You already, you feel that it's easy. This is your expertise. And so you're like, ah, I wouldn't. But if you, if you take yourself outside of this and you think about something that isn't within your expertise, suddenly you're like, oh, I would pay more because I don't have that solution. So that's one thing to think about. But if you're like, I, I kind of want to raise my prices, but like, uh, I'm unsure. One, of course, as per step number four, you can wait until you get salty. But my suggestion is keep your current price, outline what the deliverables would be, the quality of service would be that is commensurate with that new price. And then do that. Deliver those things. Keep doing that. Gather the data. Believe the data. And then when you get salty or when you're like, oh, actually, I believe this, you can change. You got, you got the option there. So if you feel like you can't deliver on it or if you feel like you want to change but you're uncertain, oftentimes it comes from a place of not being sure if you could deliver on it. So outline what that new price point, what the deliverables, what that quality of service would look like, what the standard of service would look like, what you would be delivering. Do those things but at the same price point. Gather the data. Be like, okay, I can deliver this. It is worth this. And then you can change the price. So five practical steps, tactical steps there. A few more points I'm going to go into and then we'll wrap this thing up. But if we're talking about or as we're talking about changing your rates, the question I always get is, should you change your rates for current people? And of course, because I'm a physical therapist, the answer is it depends. But I hate when people say that because they don't say what it depends on. And we're going to go into that. What does it depend on? So we're talking about online business, and one of the things that we offer in the online space is online memberships. I run one. It's called The Mafia. Right? To me, online memberships can allow for folks to stay at the same price because there's typically pretty low overhead, and it's not changing drastically every year. An in-person membership, like a gym membership, however, may require you to raise rates across the board just because the rent goes up. You got to keep the lights on. Maybe your, your margins and that you did the math in the beginning wasn't as good. I don't know. But there definitely can be an argument made for raising rates across the board and not grandfathering people in. If you want more information about that, definitely check out my guy, Sean Pastuch. I believe he's Dr. Sean, S-E-A-N, Pastuch, P-A-S-T-U-C-H. Uh, we'll link it in the show notes. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you, Joe. Um, you can check him out because he has, this is what he does. He talks about you know, making sustainable businesses, especially for trainers. And part of that is going to be the pricing structure that you utilize. And so if it comes to changing changing prices and raising rates, I think an argument can be made for keeping or grandfathering people in for online memberships because the overhead doesn't really change uh, that much. And then for gym memberships, there can argument can be made for raising rates for people and not grandfathering people in. My personal favorite approach for raising rates is to increase the rates for new people. Right, So that also includes if someone's a current member or a current client and then they leave or they stop services, they stop their plan of care, and then they come back, well, now you're new. I love you, but you're new, and so they get the new price. 
For one-on-one services, this becomes a little bit different, and this is both online and in person. Number one, you're going to have to you know, grow up and uh, have conversations when you get salty because I get it. We're dealing with people and we want to be, sometimes you don't want to have those conversations, but we've all been in that situation where perhaps we have that client that's been with us for like 11 billion years and they're paying $1 and you're like, I am so salty. I don't even want this person on my schedule. Realistically, your best bet is to have that conversation and you're doing both of you a service by having that transparency and being like, hey, this is where we're at. We started at this rate. Here's what, you know, here's what my rate is now. And it's changing. I would say 99% of the time, people are going to be happy to pay that new rate. Ideally, yeah, it'd be great to have a client that is an old client, but they're just like, hey, I want to pay you more. But most of the time we won't get that. So have that conversation. There's something to be said with, or something to be said about like waiting to raise your rate rates for these older people, these, you know, OGs, early adopters, until after the trust has been built and the value has been established. So what I'm what I mean by this is to raise your rates after six months for current people or after a year. Again, it's fine if you want to do that, but from a relationship perspective, and if I put myself in the like consumer's perspective or consumer seat, Perhaps I haven't really seen the value of this thing yet. Whereas if you were in working with someone for a long enough time, you're like, dude, I'll pay whatever. Like I get it and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to support you. So I think there's something to be said about that. So there's my, my spiel on raising rates. It depends. You can grandfather people. That's it. I said grandfather weird. There's a grandfather. You can grandfather people in. You cannot. Depends on your situation. Uh, have those conversations. There's an argument to be made for either side. All right. Another strategy I want to talk about that you may have heard about is price anchoring. And as per Google, I got a little definition here. Let me get it up on my screen. Price anchoring refers to the practice of establishing a price point, which customers can refer to when making decisions. Every time you see a discount with $100, $75, the 100 is the price anchor for the $75 sales price. Okay. So This is something that I do talk about with my business clients and it is a concept that I think is worth noting and considering. And I think there's two ways to do this in your business. One, which I think introduces the most objectivity is price anchoring relative to your other services. And your clients and customers are going to do this inherently. So oftentimes the price anchor here will be your one-on-one service or your hourly rate. And then from there, it kind of price anchors other things like a group offer or a DIY offer because it um, ties into how much access that they have to you. If you want some other examples of other services that you can be offering and kind of how you can stratify this, I have a free ebook. I've spoken about this before. It's called The Value Ladder. 100% free, except it's in exchange for your email, of course. Um, but you can head over to themovementmaestro.com forward slash value ladder and you can grab that. So back to the example here, if we're price anchoring relative to our other services, for me, my hourly rate is $397. I offer a six-week group coaching program, the Instagram Intensive, which technically is 12 hours of FaceTime. It's not one-on-one, it's a leveraged model, but it's 12 hours. 
And that costs $4.97. So when people come in and they want to uh, learn more about Instagram, they want my help for Instagram, using Instagram for business, for online business, I will look to push them towards the six-week program, the intensive, and I can use that price anchoring to show them, hey, there's here's the value, here's the discount actually that you're getting. You can get me for one hour at $3.97 or you can get me for 12 hours. Yes, there's other people in there, but it's 12 hours across six weeks and that will cost you $4.97. The second way that we see price anchoring used is, and we this, this is kind of oftentimes used more um, or talked about more in marketing and like in the online space and advertising for people's products and when business coaches want to seem really savvy. And this is a, a way to drive sales of a certain product or a certain package that you may be offering. So I'm going to break it down into sessions. Let's say that you offer one session and that's $100. That means that the price per session is $100. Let's say that you offer three sessions and the cost of that is $200. That would mean that the per session price is $66.66 repeating. And let's see another package that's five sessions and that's $400. The price per session then would be $80. So in this case, we see that if we're price anchoring it based on, based on the one session, then that three session package that is $66.66 66 cents per session would be the most attractive. They get the most discount with that. And that is how you're going to look to, ideally, in this case, if you're saying it like that, it's because you're looking to drive traffic, if you will, to that package. You're looking to have the most, you're going to have people buy that and find that the most attractive. So that's a way that you can price anchor your, your services. Okay. Last part here, before I wrap this up, displaying your prices. Should you or should you not? I think you should. I didn't even wait there. I didn't take a breath. I think you should. Um, you know, I hate that word should. So I'll say, I always do. It is a personal choice. But if you're like, hey, but Maisha, what do you think? I think, yes. Autonomy is sexy. I personally hate scrolling. I hate when it's like, well, hop on a call. We can tell you more. Like, I'm a grown-up. I don't need to convince me of anything. I also want to encourage you to give people the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes people want to see the price so they can plan for it. And they can save for it and they can prepare for it. And maybe they don't buy it right now, but they'll buy it next year. And we're hiding this stuff. I hate it. I hate scrolling. I don't care if this thing is $9 or $9 million. For me, put the price on it. Please. Like, I, I can't, you know, you look at a house. Not that I'm ever looking at houses, but like, that's annoying when you're like, I just want to see it. I'm on Zillow looking at stuff I can't even afford to buy, but like, what's the price? So for me, I put the price on everything. Okay. Last thing I think is important to consider when it comes to pricing. People don't necessarily want things cheaper. They want a guarantee of their desired outcome. And I think you listening to this understand that where I don't want the steepest discount because then maybe it's going to break. I want to guarantee that this is going to get me the outcome that I desire. Right, so if you're considering pricing stuff and you're like, oh, I want more people to have to get it and I want people to be attracted to it, don't just slash the prices. Look to increase the perceived value of it. And the way that we're going to do that is by guaranteeing an outcome. People will get excited about a, a deal, but they will get their wallet out for a guaranteed outcome. All right. Well, that is all I got to say about pricing. 
that's a lie. There's more that I could say, but I want to be mindful of the time parameters here, keep things on the shorter-ish side. And so we'll wrap it up there. Don't forget, if you want that free download, the value ladder, so you can learn about stratifying your offers that are coming up with other offers. Because I've oftentimes seen the physical therapists, we offer one-on-one services and then don't know what else we can be offering or what that would look like. The book goes into all of that. And then from there, you can think about pricing based on how much access they have to you. It's got a little uh, DIY kind of um, PDF in there so that you can fill in and you can put in your own services. You can come up with some, come up with some, some services. Basically, I, I love it. I worked hard on this thing. And if you want it, head on over to themovementmaestro.com forward slash value ladder. All right. That's all I got for today. As always, endlessly appreciative for every single one. Until next time, friends, maestro out.